0: what is up you guys welcome back to the fit to live podcast i'm your host sydney Tollett, and you are listening to episode 14 common training mistakes so sorry it has been a minute since an upload. Honestly, I think what I'm just going to promise you guys is I'm going to be as consistent as I can be while also still providing good value and not just recording something just to record it. Life is a little bit busy right now, but this podcast is one of my priorities, and so I am going to definitely be sure to keep pumping out content. Sometimes it might just be more often inconsistent than others. Also do have actually finally a couple of guests that I have like talked to lined up to get something scheduled, so I am excited about that but hopefully you guys are still enjoying these solo episodes I also And I would honestly love some feedback on this if you guys actually follow me on Instagram at Sydney Tallett and you kind of like know me a little bit. If you guys would want any episodes more too on like life things or business things, like definitely let me know because I would be open to just having some more conversational episodes like that. But for today, we are just going to get into some common training mistakes and I'm going to go through these quickly. I'm not going to go too in depth necessarily on any of them. Um, And it's something where what I will do is over time create more episodes with more nuance going in detail into some of these. But I just kind of wanted to overview some common training mistakes so that you could take a look at your own training and kind of look at where you may be going wrong and holding yourself back from honestly reaching um, optimal progressions. So that's what we're going to do today. But before we get into that, um, I do have a very, very fun and exciting announcement, something that I have been working on really hard for a very long time since the beginning of the year. And that is my Strong by Sydney subscription site. Um, And I actually am getting it, well, did get it custom made as a web app this time. So it's going to function exactly like an app on your phone. There is going to be workouts with gym workouts and home workouts. There's sets, reps, rest time, um, videos, There's cues, descriptions, all of that fun stuff, and they change monthly. There are also progressions actually programmed in there as well. And then there's also going to be recipes and some resources for free and some for purchase. Um, So I'm super, super excited. You'll also be um, one of the first people to get access to like any new drops that I have with like bands, barbell pads, et cetera. So I'm very, very excited. Enrollment is opening on July 1st for that. And it will be open through July 4th. So from that Thursday, July 1st to Sunday, July 4th will be enrollment and then it will close until the next month. So get your calendars ready. I'm super excited. Um, pricing you can obviously look at whenever it launches. There will be a couple options to either pay like monthly Or you can do um, like an annual and save a, a large chunk, but super, super excited for that. If you guys have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram and message me. You can follow the strong underscore by Sydney page on Instagram for more details. But without further ado, we will go ahead and get into this episode, but I am super excited about that. So mark your calendars and get ready for that lunch. Okay. So... One of the first most common training mistakes that I see is people way overdoing volume. Um, this is something that holds people back for a very long time, if not honestly their entire training career, if you will. And this is something that I think kind of stems from people always thinking that more is better, or potentially maybe just from seeing exercises on Instagram. And kind of thinking, oh, I'll just follow all of these exactly as they are, not realizing that, hey, that person might have honestly just typed out those sets and reps just because, like, they're literally just doing it for the Instagram post. And so I see this a lot with girls doing, you know, 30 plus sets per workout uh, four to six times a week, and it's just too much volume. Or it's something where maybe they're doing intensifiers with like every single set, which contributes to more volume. I mean, a set taken to failure is going to contribute technically to more volume than a set not taken to failure. And so for, you know, overdoing, taking sets to failure, intensifiers, or just overall quantity of sets in general, That is going to take a big toll on your body and you're not going to be progressing optimally. Um, When we look at progress from training, we have that training that is going to put a stimulus basically onto the muscle tissue. But in order to create that adaptation for hypertrophy to, to put on new muscle tissue, we have to have the recovery for it. And if you are overdoing volume and you're not able to recover from it then you're not going to progress. I, I've actually seen people who have done, you know, they just think that they need more and more, more and more and they end up regressing and overtraining and, you know, they their hormones <laughs> go to crap and their sleep is terrible and they're actually getting weaker and it's because they're not prioritizing their recovery and they're overdoing volume. This could also obviously potentially be like maybe they're not eating enough, things like that, but in general, doing too much volume is a very, very common mistake that I see. Um, you know, you may hear it said that 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week is an adequate amount to like stimulate progressions Um, and while there are obviously going to be outliers to that you know like maybe somebody actually only needs eight um, or maybe somebody super advanced does need more and then also certain muscle groups potentially handle more volume than others that's just like a very general range but when it comes to volume really the goal is progress on as little volume as possible because you know over time progressive overload is important and over time as you get more advanced you are going to need to increase volume however most people increase that way before they actually need to because you need to be like dialed in and make sure that you're looking at all forms of progress make sure that you're looking at your recovery your nutrition like do you just need a deload there's so so much that goes into that so many people like keep increasing volume before way 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 before they actually need to but over time as you get more advanced you are going to need a little bit more volume um and Now, granted, there is also something to be said for like letting your body resensitize to certain things and taking deloads and pushing on maybe um, one muscle group while you kind of let another deload, things like that. But we're not going to get into that here. What's important for you to take away is progress on as little volume as you possibly can because it gives you way more room to progress without having to be in the gym for hours and hours doing tons and tons of volume. That's just not, you know, very feasible and realistic for most people. So, too much volume is one thing that I see very often. You would be so shocked at how much you could get out of a workout with just 12 sets. Maybe you, maybe it's four sets on three different exercises that you actually have solid working sets with and you actually do it right. Like that is enough to stimulate progression in um, most people. Obviously, some people need higher volume. That was just an example. but. Please quit overdoing volume because the thing is, not only are you probably not recovering well from it if you're doing too much, obviously, but also you're really, really cutting your performance short in the exercises. Um, because if you're just doing x amount of sets just to, you know, just because you think you have to, but your performance is suffering on all of them, then you're basically just kind of having a half, you know, what workout. Try not to cuss on this podcast. Um, just because you thought you needed X number of sets, whereas if you would have just cut the sets, you would have had better performance and gotten more out of less, which is is the goal, you guys. Um, so, that is the first huge mistake that I see is overdoing the volume. And the second one is doing all high rep, low weight exercises. And I don't know where this came from. I think it's just maybe a thought of girls being scared to lift heavier thinking they're going to get bulky, but doing all high rep and low weight is not going to be you know, the most optimal for your progress. Now, that's not to say that you should never do any high rep sets, but if you're doing all high rep, low weight, what you have to realize is that there's a point we have to get close enough to failure in order to truly create um, adaptation from the muscle and to maximize hypertrophy. And so if you're doing all high rep, low weight, well, you're going to, you know, those sets are going to take a while because if you're getting close to failure on a higher rep, lower weight set, well, it's, you know, it's going to be a pretty long set because you're going to need more reps to get to that point. And so, eventually, this can not only become a little bit unsustainable as far as your workouts taking, you know, a long time, but it can also build up more like metabolic waste, Um, you know, you might get more nauseous, things like that. Um, And again, I'm not saying never use high rep, low weight. Um, You definitely, absolutely can, and I think that it's good to have um, some of those higher rep ranges in there, but you definitely don't need to be doing all high rep, low weight. Um, I think that there is something definitely to be said about training in like strength rep ranges as well and just simply focusing on like getting strong because then you know if you're also focusing on strength rep ranges you're going to be able to progressively overload your muscles more by adding more load I'm gonna get more tension um, which is another kind of driver of hypertrophy but also too we have to we have to look and I will say that research does show that in any of the rep ranges, whether that be the strength rep ranges, the quote-unquote hypertrophy rep ranges, like more of that 8 to 12-ish range, depending on the person, it could go down to like 6, um, and then, you know, the more metabolic, if you will, rep ranges, you know, you can build muscle in all rep ranges, but... I would definitely not recommend doing all high rep, low weight unless you're somebody maybe if you're having some really bad joint issues and it's more of like a short term thing um, while you're kind of dealing with that. But I mean, really outside of that, there's, you know, I don't see a reason to or if it's like something where you're doing maybe it's just one workout randomly where you're just kind of going for a pump kind of deal. Uh, but overall, I personally recommend sticking in mostly the hypertrophy rep ranges and then also throwing in some higher up and some lower rep ranges so that you also get the benefits of those the reason why most people you know why it's popularized to use that kind of hypertrophy range is because you know you're getting you're able to kind of take those sets close to failure um in a relatively um what's the word i'm looking for you know you don't have to take the set out as long as you would like a, a low weight kind of set um And then also with things like if you were doing all heavy loads, then that would get really taxing on your central nervous system and your joints. So that that sweet spot is kind of in the middle. That's why most people would recommend like for hypertrophy to put most of it in that rep range and then kind of having the other two as well because there are benefits to those. So... That's my second one, girls. You are not going to get bulky by doing heavier loads. Um, It is going to help your progress, I promise. Um, And then number three is not actually pushing yourself close to failure. So, I did want to go ahead and say, like, you don't need to be taking all of your sets to failure, especially if you're, like, a beginner. And, well, even if you're not a, (laughs) even if you're not a beginner, you don't need to be taking all of your sets to failure. And if you are, you really need to, I mean, make sure, like, recovery needs to be, like, on point and your volume from a set perspective is going to be way less. I don't recommend that unless, yeah, I just don't recommend that (laughs) Um, because of the recovery aspect and how hard it is on your body, especially like with females, hormones, things like that. Don't really recommend, but Regardless, I did want to note the, if you take a set, like let's say two failure, that does count quote unquote as more volume technically than a set that was further away from failure. One other note too on volume that I did want to say earlier is. There is a difference between um, volume that's actually helping you and like junk volume. So, that's kind of what I was saying too. If you're doing too much and like all of your sets are just kind of like not optimal performance, like you're probably getting a lot of junk volume that's not actually contributing to the stimulus that you want. So, that's something to keep in mind. But as far as not actually pushing close to failure, there is research that does show like we do have to get, you know, to a certain degree close to failure in order to see maximal hypertrophy, especially the more advanced that you get. Because, you know, maybe for a newbie, it's not going to be as much because anything really is a new stimulus. But regardless, there is a point, you know, we can't just grab a weight that's 10% of our 1RM and think that we're going to build muscle by, you know, by lifting it. So, I see so many people, if I program them, say, an RPE8, which means like two sets or two reps, sorry, shy of failure... And they do it and they're probably, they they think they're at an RPE 8, they're probably actually like an RPE 5 to 6 because they stopped two reps away from it being really hard, not actually failure. So, that's another thing that I see is not pushing actually close enough to failure and people not knowing their true failure point. Um, Like I said, especially the more advanced that you get, that becomes even more important to really learn because if you you know if you aren't getting close enough to that point in order to maximize that response from your body well then you're not going to be you know seeing that optimal progress now again there is something to be said though like we don't that doesn't mean that more failure is better and that always taking sets you know one rep away from failure is better because we have to find that balance because you know we also have to keep in mind recovery that's i mean that's the main thing but There is a point, though, where our sets do need to be close to failure. And this is also, though, why I said if you're doing your sets right and you're actually sticking to your RPE, you don't need this excessive amount of volume. Um, Because if you genuinely are taking, let's say it was programmed, you had a lot of RPEs of like eight-ish programmed in in a workout. If you're genuinely taking that to an RPE-8, you're not going to need a ton of volume for that to be an effective workout. Um, So be sure that you're really being honest with yourself there. And that's also something where sometimes people think they're being honest, they just don't know yet. But as you do advance in your training, you will learn more about what your true failure point is. Um, Okay, so number four is not nailing down form and range of motion before adding load. Um, And I think that this just comes from people comparing themselves to other people and kind of ego lifting and just like wanting to get to X load or look cool in their videos or whatever it is or just maybe lack of education. But if you are not nailing down your form and range of motion before starting to progressively overload a movement with, with load, then, I mean, you're really, really cutting your results short because from the form perspective, I mean, if your form's off and you're not using the target muscle, well, your body, you know, we're not we're training muscles we're not just moving a load from point a to point b so if your form's off and you're using the wrong muscle you're not going to get the hypertrophy on the muscle that you're actually trying to target so form is really really important it's also really important to prevent injury and imbalances as well because if you're compensating all the time you're going to create imbalances which can lead to injuries um very uncomfortable. I've had a shoulder imbalance before and it was like a really, really painful thing to deal with. And honestly, a really long healing journey that I still have issues with sometimes. Um, so please, 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 please sure that you have form down first and range of motion goes along with that because we want to be getting that full range of motion on the muscle to get the most out of it. There are times when you might intentionally do a movement in a shortened range of motion. For example, um, like the, the casts. um, hip bridge where you're kind of staying at that top range of motion to keep the most tension. But you know, there's also in a lot of movements where we are wanting the full range of motion because we're going to get that full um, stretch shortened cycle on the muscle and get the most out of it. So be sure that, you know, before you do start to add load, even if you want to, um, trust me, I know you need though to focus first on your range of motion in your form. And what we don't want to do with range of motion is we don't want to force more range of motion from a load. We want to actually have that range of motion or that can cause injury. So it's not like, you know, if you can't get the full squat range of motion that you need, but when you put a heavy barbell on your back, you can basically <laughs> just kind of crush yourself into that. That's not what we want. We want to actually work on our, like, what do we actually have range of motion wise? Um, then, then start to transfer that into, Adding load on top of our active range of motion. Um, so that was number four. Number five, by the way, there's 10 of these, um, is changing up training too often. This is potentially one of, outside of the too much volume, one that I see most commonly. Um, you guys have to, you gotta realize this progressive overload is the principle to hypertrophy and to seeing progress in the gym. And so when we look at progressive overload, if you are constantly changing up your workouts every single week, when do you have the chance to create that progressive overload? Now, if you are brand new to the gym and you are just doing all this random stuff, you know what? Anything's a new stimulus to your body, so you probably are going to see progress, and so I think that what people what happens is people see that initial progress and they're like, well, this worked for me at first, and then it stops working, and then they're confused, um, and just because it works at first for newbies... I absolutely still do not recommend that you guys do that because, I mean, you could see such better progress if you would actually stick to something and focus on progressive overload. Um, So I'm not saying just because it works doesn't mean that you should like do it if you're a newbie. You should still be smart with it. But I do think that happens sometimes is that people see it work at first and then it stops and then they are confused and they're like, well, now I don't know what workouts work. So then they keep changing it up. It's just not a good cycle. And if you are changing up your training too often, you're just really, really cutting your results short, especially like Honestly, the newer that you are too, the more important it's going to be to stay with stuff for longer because your body is still learning like those movement patterns and the um, muscle fiber recruitment and all of like the central nervous system adaptations, your body is still learning all of that. So really you're still acquiring the skills. Um... And first we need the skills and you need to be able to perform the movement well to be able to progressively overload it. Whereas someone more advanced, maybe like myself, you know, I can probably actually go into a program and I I already have like kind of that muscle memory of like the skill. So I don't really need to start there. I kind of can just make sure my form's still exactly where I need it to be and then start progressive overloading within that new program. Whereas if you're new, you got to build up those skills first. So actually, honestly if you're a beginner like you can progress on the same program for so dang long i wish that more people would just stick them out um and instead of thinking of it being boring think of going in to each workout as like a time where you no know, i get to like progress here and like see forward progress but yeah changing up your training too often not a good idea um and the more advanced that you get though i will say you know it might be something where you have a little bit more flexibility to maybe, if you want to kind of switch up your accessories throughout the weeks a little bit more, you could do that. Um, But I do think especially if you are like newer, it's still going to be good to even keep those the same just because like I said, you need to build that skill acquisition as well um, and kind of get those central nervous system neurological adaptations as well. So, please quit training your training around changing your training around all the time. It is not doing you any favors. Now, yes, eventually things do need to be, you know, changed, but it's definitely not something that needs to be happening like every week, even every four weeks, honestly. Um, now within a training cycle, that is definitely something where, you know, we could be making different progressions, um, to intensity, to volume, to things like that, or potentially, like I mentioned, maybe if somebody is more advanced or intermediate, whatever, maybe we could be looking at changing around. Maybe it's, um, a different version of a leg curl, or maybe it's a different, like, type of that same movement pattern after, like, six weeks. But in general, we still kind of want to keep the base the same, again, so that we can actually progressively overload it. And then what we do is we kind of deload from that, we periodize, and then we continue to progressive overload on our next program. Um, okay, so... Also, before I get into the next five, I would greatly appreciate if you have a second, please scroll down, hit the little five-star button if you get value out of my podcast. I really hope that you do. Um, And if you guys ever have any like questions that you want me to address on the podcast, episodes that you want to do, feel free to shoot me a DM. But another great way that you can support me if you want to is to screenshot the episode that you're listening to and put it on your Instagram story and tag me. That's super helpful too. But the five-star ratings and reviews, they mean a lot. So, if you have a second, I would love if you don't have a second to type, that's all right. If you just want to like click the little five star, that'd be amazing. But okay, back into our training mistakes. So, number six is not tracking your workouts, like not keeping track of them. So, this is something too where again, going back to progressive overload, that's the main factor of seeing progress. And so, if you're not keeping track of the load that you did last week, then how are you going to know if you're progressing or not? You know, you might just not know or you might actually be regressing and not even realize it so that's definitely something that I would recommend is keeping track of like the loads that you're using or even little things like you know if it was a day where you were a little bit weaker but let's say it was around your cycle and maybe you got a little bit weaker you were just like tired or something um well then maybe you make a note in your notes (laughs) like wasn't feeling very good this day um so that can help you the next week or if you're, like, looking at if you need to adjust something in your programming, that can help you be like, oh, no, I probably don't need to adjust something. I just kind of need to get back into my my good recovery peri-workout nutrition. I should be fine to keep going. But if it's something where you continually are regressing, then you probably need to look at whether it be your nutrition or maybe you have too much volume or do you need to deload, things like that. So tracking your workouts can go a long way. It can also be really helpful, too. If your gym has like multiple machines for the same thing, like three different leg curls to kind of know which one you did it on. Cause I know at my gym, a lot of my machines, I can do different um, like little loads on different machines just because of of how they're set up. So that's important. And then number seven, another mistake is going for calorie burn and sweat for your workouts. Like as a sign of a good workout. Um, I could even throw soreness in there as well. Um, You guys, your resistance training, that is to stimulate your muscle tissue, whether that be to build muscle or if we're, you know, just aiming to really hold on to as much muscle as possible in a fat loss phase. That's the goal of our resistance training. It's not the calorie burn. Do you burn calories in resistance training? Yes, you do. You burn calories during and after. It's actually not as much as most people like act like it is, but you still do burn some. Um, but that's not the goal of it. You know, If you're going for a calorie deficit, if that's your goal, it's like, getting into or maintaining a caloric deficit, well, you're going to be doing that from, from your food and potentially some cardio, but we're not using resistance training for that. You know, we're using resistance training to stimulate that muscle tissue and to get those adaptations. We're also not doing resistance training to sweat. Um, and I will say though, if you find, if there's like let's say your gym is kind of warm or like it's a leg day. If you just like cannot sweat and you never ever sweat, even when like you kind of feel like you probably should be, that could potentially be like a health thing going on if like you literally never can sweat. um, But what I will say is unless it's really hot in my gym or it's a day where I'm doing like a lot of supersets with legs, I don't sweat that much. Um, But now I will say that if it was like a hot day or I was doing like supersets or something like that and I wasn't sweating, I'd probably have to kind of look at, okay, what's like going on here from like a health perspective, do I maybe have um uh anything any other symptoms like relating to any kind of hypothyroid symptoms going on here, which that's like for a whole nother episode. I still do want to do a whole episode on the thyroid, but I just did want to note that sweating can actually be a healthy thing for you. Um, But, you know, with sweat, we also have to keep in mind that we need to stay super hydrated from water perspective and electrolytes. Um, So, if you just like to sweat, feel free to, like, do an infrared sauna or something. But realize, like, you're not sweating off fat. Like, that is not what sweating is doing. Please, please understand that. But I did just want to note that, like, if you aren't sweating in your workouts, like, it's not the end of the world that does not mean that you did not have a good workout I rarely do like I said unless it's like really hot or if it's like an intense leg day with a lot of supersets and stuff even some of my like straight set leg days I really don't sweat that much um but please don't focus on calorie burn and sweat for your training if you want To sweat a little outside of your training, just go sit in an infrared sauna. Be sure you're staying hydrated, but don't think that sweat is like some magic fat burning thing because it's not. Um, But it can be healthy to like sweat out some toxins and stuff. Okay, so that was number seven. Number eight, not paying attention to the nutrition side of things. Um, And this is something where I do think, you know, people... They think that training is going to do it all for them, and while training is a huge piece of it, um, training is super, super important for stimulating that muscle, growing muscle, maintaining muscle. It's also, I mean, it has a ton of other benefits too, especially things like insulin sensitivity um, and nutrient partitioning, things like that. Especially like if you're brand new to, if you are brand new to weights oh my gosh, the nutrient partitioning effects that weight training can have. Like your muscles just like become almost like this sponge for glucose. Like it's actually so cool. I miss, honestly, sometimes I wish I could have all the newbie benefits back, but this is why I want this podcast too. I want newbies to listen to this too, because the thing is you can get so much out of being a newbie if you do it right, but you can also waste a lot of your newbie potential by just like throwing everything at it, overdoing volume, like all this stuff. But anyways, not paying attention to nutrition. It's important. Um, you know, when we look at training specifically, you can't burn what isn't there for fuel. So, you know, if you're barely eating any carbs and you're trying to do like intense weightlifting, things like that, I mean, you're just really cutting your results short. And then obviously like calories matter. So what's your goal? You know, are we trying to be in a calorie deficit, maintenance surplus? What's the goal here? And then even with that, you know, just because you are trying to be in a calorie deficit doesn't mean you need to slash your calories down to a thousand. So things like that are definitely really important. I actually have a episode all about muscle building mistakes specifically that I did. Um, I'm trying to remember what episode that was. It was pretty recent. Let me try to find that for you guys. Oh, it was episode 11, 10 common muscle building mistakes. Um, where I went in depth on that one. So if you guys want to check that out, I did have a little bit in there on like how protein and supplements won't build muscle for you, that kind of deal. So if you want to check that out, but still a common training mistake I do see is people thinking that training is going to do it all and they're not focused on their nutrition at all or they think that like training burns so many calories that they can go eat a large pizza and it'll, you know, equate it. And like I said, training burns calories, but it doesn't burn that many. Um, So we do have to keep that in mind. And, all right, number nine is letting ego get in the way. So, this could be, you know, thinking that, oh, well, I used to be able to do this load, so I'm just going to put it on regardless of my form. Um, Or, you know, ego lifting is basically just doing more load than you can do with proper form and control. Um, Kind of like I was talking about with form and range of motion. Those are huge, huge pieces that we need, but we also need control. Um, so, if you can't do a load with good control you need to drop you need to drop the load um it's something like that i see so often is people will put a load on and maybe their form is like okay but they're like going so fast through the eccentric and then they're like exploding it up with momentum or they're rocking their body to get it up like that is ego lifting unless you have programmed in for a reason that you're using a little bit of help, like maybe in a drop set at the end or something with like an intensifier. But for the majority of your sets, we want control. Good kind of rule of thumb for tempo is control the eccentric and then actually have a strong, hard contraction on the concentric. So your concentric doesn't need to be like super slow. Now, closer you get to failure, the slower the reps are going to become because it's getting it's getting harder. Um, but You still want a super um, aggressive, is that a good word? I don't know. Um, You still want a really good contraction on that concentric, but not momentum. There's a difference between that. So, there's a difference between doing a bicep curl with momentum and with a really strong, hard, that's the word I'm looking for, strong, hard contraction on the concentric. But we do want to control that eccentric. Um, So, please, please keep that in mind. When it comes to like ego lifting, if you can't control the load that you're doing, you probably need to drop it. Same goes for like if you can't do it with good form range of motion or like if you're just not getting good mind muscle connection, like drop the load for a while until you can really work on that and then start progressing once you kind of nail that down. And then last one that I see, um, is people doing an exercise just because they think that they have to. And I think that this is just perpetuated a little bit by the social media world. It's something that I do want to start talking about a little bit more because the thing is, and now what I will say is this does depend, you know, what are your main goals? Is your main goal strength or is your main goal hypertrophy? Cause those are two different adaptations. Now, can, can they kind of go together a little bit? Because you know, if you're stronger, well, then you'll, you'll have more ability to progressive overload for hypertrophy. And then if you have more muscle from hypertrophy, well, then you have the potential to get a little bit stronger. So yes, they correlate, but they're not the same. And so I think what we have to look at is like for, for hypertrophy, for example, because that's what most people that follow me are focused on hypertrophy. Um, doesn't mean that they shouldn't focus on getting strong. They absolutely still should. But with hypertrophy, you know, we want to be able to get good tension on the the muscle that we're trying to work and we want to be able to overload it well and pe- some people's biomechanics are not as well fit for certain movements and if your main goal is hypertrophy you you know there are exercises that people may say you have to do that you you really don't. Um, and it might not be as optimal for you. I know for me personally, I don't squat as much as I used to because my biomechanics, they're just kind of suck for it. Um, now what I will say is I have really, really worked on finding a good squat position that works for me to be able to get good tension. And I do still utilize it because I do still think it's a movement where you can build a lot of strength. It's also a very functional movement so you're going to get a lot of like core stability work from it as well so I do still try to program it some but it's not something where you know I think that I have to be like this huge squatter how I used to and then there's certain movements honestly that I think for some people probably just should never be in your program depending on your biomechanics. I'm not going to like go into that here because I would have to like see you know exactly like have you actually tried to perfect your movement or is it actually something that's not good for you? Because I do think that some people just like, for example, Deadlifts are a hard movement to get down. I think a lot of people give up on them before seeing if it's actually like if they can find a good position that works for them. There's a lot of little tweaks that you can make as well to movements, depending on your biomechanics, such as like lifting. Maybe you have to like put plates under the bar, like little things like that. And maybe you need to elevate your heels, like lots of little things. But regardless um listen to your body in the sense of like if something feels super off and you're not getting good tension or you know you keep feeling like you've been like hurt yourself like and obviously you know this is something again i would try to find a way to to really make sure you're perfecting that movement before you just assume, oh, this isn't for me. But don't be scared to kind of go away from the norm a little bit and find whether it be positions or other exercises that work better for you. Again, the goal with hypertrophy is we want to find something that we can get good control over, that we can have good form with, that we can, you know, get good tension and my muscle connection with, and that we can overload easily. Um, so that's really the goal. So don't feel like you have to do every single thing that you see like a power lifter do. Um, and maybe I'll make, you know, an episode or some Instagram posts and stuff on, on that as well, because there is something to be said for some of those bigger movements, absolutely for their, their functionality and whatnot. But, um, I do think that there are some that are definitely a little, Overemphasized, and I wish that more people would kind of put some more nuance into things. So, that is what I have for this episode for you guys. Um, 10 common training mistakes. I hope that that was helpful and then just as a quick reminder, like I said at the beginning of this, I do have my Strong by Sydney subscription site slash app launching on July 1st. Um, So, if you are in need of some smart structured programming girl i got you and also it is going to come with a free guide that will also have some tips in there for like you know decreasing the volume of it if you need to because volume should be um kind of adapted by person and unfortunately with obviously like a group program i can't do that that's what my one-on-one clients get But within the free guide that will be a part of Strong by Sydney, I am putting just some recommendations in there. Like, hey, if you're constantly sore, maybe try to do this with the volume and like see if you recover better that way. Yada yada. There's also some other, you know, tips and lots of things in the free guide that will be um, included. And then you'll also actually get really big discounts on the cut and build guides that I'm working on, which will be very exciting whenever I'm done with those. But that is what I have for this episode. So, Stay tuned for the launch, and I hope that this episode was helpful, and I will talk to you guys in the next one.